Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, and joined as always today by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Lots going on as we prepare for training camp. I'll be up at Steeler camp a lot, if you just figure out that schedule. You know, I'm still writing a bunch for the score and whatnot. Just got back from vacation and going to Guns N' Roses tomorrow. So uh, our guest here, I, I'm happy I just got the uh, my division, I guess it's called, on my phone, so I won't be totally useless for the draft tomorrow because I'm going to spend a lot of time in downtown Pittsburgh for GNR tailgates. All right, that sounds great. Uh, today is a little bit of a holiday in, in the uh, fantasy football world, and that's all courtesy of our guest. We've got Scott Fish with us today. As you all probably know, Scott is the creator of the SFB, the Scott Fish Bowl. It's just a huge, huge league. We've given away a spot here on the Dynasty Blueprint, and, and many other podcasts have giving away spots to, to fans. There's a ton of analysts in there. Scott, first of all, just welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us on such a busy day for you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. This is, uh, this is something I've wanted to come on for a long time. I really, really enjoyed your last, uh, your last four episodes, especially with uh, Kevin and Jacob and uh, Chad and uh, Harstad. Man, those were really, really good episodes. So I'll probably be the weak link in that, in that row. <laughs> The timing couldn't be any better. How, how did we get you on your Christmas morning? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Ryan just sent me a message, and uh, I was available. I took the, a couple days off for it just in case uh, some, I need to put out fires. So you have a real job. I mean, you can't just run fish bowls your whole life. To, to no, <laughs> no. I, I, I work for Pepsi. I work overnight, so a really weird schedule. But uh, it's good. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Nice. So, so I know... Uh, over at ESPN, and, and Matt, I'm sure you know this too, but uh, at ESPN when they have a, a a guest on for the day or I guess on campus for the day, they, they call that the car wash. You know, they, right. they, they go through all the different TV shows and the radio shows there at ESPN, and I feel like, you know, Scott, I feel like you're going through the fantasy football car wash. You've done so many podcasts, so many appearances, and, and just all the talk in the fantasy football world over the past few weeks has centered around the SFB. So how does that feel? It it feels a little it's a little surreal. It's it's really weird. I last year I kinda got the hint that it was turning into something uh we were trending uh, number one on Twitter for a little bit in some cities last year. This year we're number two in a lot of cities because Tim Duncan decided to retire today. <laughs> but uh, it's 
it is weird to see something you created turn into such a, a big community connecting event. Uh, it makes me very happy. It really is an amazing league, and obviously most of the credit for that goes to you. And, and for our listeners that may not be familiar with you or with the league, just kind of give us a little introduction uh, about what it looks like right now. What the league looks like, it's uh, a 480-team pro-am with about 360 analysts and about 120 fans. And uh, they're, they're broken up into eight conferences of uh, five divisions. Each division is basically runs like a 12-team league. And then uh, the regular season is 12 weeks, and the playoffs run 13 to 16. And the playoffs are all combined. So it's, it's not like... Like the Reddit Narwhal League are just a bunch of leagues together. Um, this one, everybody actually combines for the playoffs, so it's one. It's just one massive league, uh, <laughs> and a lot and of. How fun. many teams end up in the playoffs? Uh, two hundred and forty. Um, wow. Yep, half from each conference go to the playoffs, and half uh, half go to this tier two tournament. There's a toilet bowl like like thing. And the winner of the tier two gets a lifetime football guy subscription. So there, there's uh, there's prizes everywhere, all over this thing. You know, now that you you mentioned prizes, as as a commissioner of quite a few dynasty leagues myself, you know, I have a great deal of respect for for all league commissioners and and how much work it takes to set up a league. And, and with this one especially, you know, you've got uh, basically 40 different leagues in one. You've even talked earlier about some satellite leagues that you have going on. So you, you have, uh, what, near, I guess nearly 100 leagues that you're, you're setting up. Talk a little bit about, I guess, the behind-the-scenes work, setting up those leagues on MFL, acquiring the prizes for those. It just has to be a lot of work, and, and I want everybody to get an understanding and appreciation for all that. <laughs> You know, it's it's gotten a lot easier as I've streamlined things over the years, and uh, especially like this year, I uh, I went back. To, I just emailed the people, the sites that had donated in the past, and they they basically all brought in the same thing or even upped the <laughs> up the ante. And I I put in emails, hey, if you want to donate a prize, let me know. And they they've actually come to me this year. In previous years, I would have to go out and. I email and direct message site after site to see what I could get. Um, a lot of people know this uh, in the industry, but I can't charge for this league. It needs to remain free. My wife is uh, assistant director of the Department of Revenue here in Minnesota, so everything I do needs to be really, really, really... Uh, <laughs> oh, who would know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, it's it is it is a challenge. That MFL part, that's probably what takes the longest is setting up each one of the leagues, getting each analyst and fan put into their spots and making sure they can log in and uh, creating the graphics for each MFL league. That's it is a task. It's it's an hour or two a day for it feels like a month just to get everything ready. But uh, I'll admit, after day one or day two of this draft, uh, it's all downhill. It's not it's not as tough. It's just uh, putting out little fires. So real quick, I mean, you said you, div you divide these into twelve team divisions, leagues of their own. How do you figure out what players? You know, how do you decide where Ryan goes, where I go, where Joe Fan goes? You know, is that a lot of work for you, or do you just all Totally random. It's it, it's really interesting. Uh, well, to me anyway. But uh, people ask this every year, and it's I have an Excel sheet, and I have a little algorithm, like a little 
you know, formula in there so that people from the same site don't end up in the same division. Okay. Other than that, it's almost completely random. Nine analysts and three fans. Uh, and after I randomize it, I take preferences. People email with preferences, and then I, you know, move around after that. But other than that, yeah, it's it's almost completely random. So when someone says that their league is really difficult or this league is, is a little lighter, I, you know, I don't want to go into too much of uh, trying to fix the randomness of it. It's I think it's a little more fun that way. And, and when you say preferences, like the two fans say, hey, we're entering together, we really want to be in the same league? Yep, the, the, yeah, fans or analysts want to play together or they want to play with, say, UMAT or Sigmund Bloom or Ryan or, you know, any of, any of the other various amazing people that are in this league. Or some a lot, a lot of fans actually just have a preference. They want to play in the, the Olivia Munn division just because they like Olivia Munn. They'll do that. Yeah, all right. So let's go back to the beginning a little bit, Scott. Where, where did the Scott Fishbowl begin? How did you even come up with the idea of tackling such a large league and and, and was it even this large? I'm, I'm, I know this is the first year for 480 teams, uh, but what, what did it look like at its inception? Uh, at its inception, it was 96 teams. We created it for the site that uh, I used to run called FF Oasis. I ran that from 07 to 2014. And... Uh, it was 96 teams. It was meant to be like a reader league, you know, like a, a listener league, a reader league, whatever. And uh, we got a lot of great people. Like Mike Clay won it that year. I mean, there, there were a lot of great people in that league. And it was 96 teams. The following year, actually, we had trouble filling it. It went down to 60 teams. Uh, I took a year off, came back, and really pushed at it. And it went from 120 to 240 to 360, now 480. It's just, just <laughs> exploded since. That's really amazing, and and I think the the growth of the league has become more evident than ever this year. You know, we've seen mock drafts. As I mentioned earlier, there's been several podcasts focused on the league, some that you've uh, been able to join, and and others just talking strategy uh, about the league. You know, we've even seen articles on twoqbs.com and uh, and also on Rotovis. So uh, again, how does that feel with so much attention? placed on, you know, something you created. You know, last year there were, I think, like two or three articles out there, which I was just beyond the moon by. This year, I don't even have words to, to describe the feelings. I just, I just sit and smile a lot, I think. And I think the biggest compliment, and Ryan, you go through this a lot with your leagues, is that the scoring is so interesting to so many analysts that they spend so much time, dra or, you know, charting what it does to these scoring positions, how you should draft it. That there, I have been re, I've been asked by two different people who have now started up dynasty leagues with this exact scoring, and a redraft league with this scoring because they they enjoy this format so much. And and man, I, that's a huge compliment. So how did you come up with the scoring? And I need to preface this a little bit too because I've been on vacation, I've been busy with other things. And I didn't look at the format, and the draft starts in one minute, actually. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, in real time, the, the draft starts in one minute. And before you came on, I was asking Ryan, I'm like, so what do I need to know about this league? And he's like, well, it's super flex. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. And then he's talking about, you know, the tight end scoring. I didn't know that. I'm glad I asked. So educate me, like all the fans out there that haven't seen it, of how you came up with the scoring and what the scoring is. Okay, well, mostly I tweak the scoring every single year. And uh, 
I wrote an article a few years ago called "Has PPR Gone Too Far? Let's Evolve," and I uh, I incorporated this year that this year by t cutting PPR down to a half. But when I crunched the numbers, I realized that it it made things a little you know, off balance. So what I did is I made sure, and I did this a few years ago, added points per carry, a quarter point per carry to bump running backs. I made it a super flex to bump quarterbacks, and I made it tight end premium, which this year is 1.0 uh, points per reception for tight ends, to bump tight ends. And there, there have been articles written on this, but out of the top 86 players, uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's something like 86 or 90 players, the running backs and uh, wide receivers in this scoring are dead even. Like, uh, wow, I, no, that's awesome. 70, yeah, top 72 running backs and wide receivers, it's 36 to 36. Um, so what do you but, think happens to tight ends? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understood, the tight ends last year weren't super valuable. You know, like the, the players that did real well didn't have a lot invested at tight end. But you think that's going to change, right? Oh, yeah. With the, with the tight end premium, I think... I don't know how much of a bump it really gets. It does. It does help out a, a good portion of them. Uh, there are tight ends uh, last year that would have bumped way up into like fifth round worth of wide receivers. But uh, I think what it's going to really help is some of those uh, lower flex places. The the tight ends that maybe get 40, 50 receptions. Uh, those guys actually become flex pieces instead of just bench players that would never start. I think that's where the real difference is going to make for tight ends. All right, Scott, and, and there's no coincidence that as the clock strikes noon, we, we start hearing our phones go off. So as we're recording this, it is 12 o'clock, and the drafts are presumably underway. And if any of us happen to be on the clock while we're here on the air, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about our picks and, and maybe even other picks that are made in the league. And just following along with these drafts, following along with so many other people uh, on Twitter and, and in the industry that are playing in these leagues. That's, that's really the fun part that, you know, it's just an event that brings the whole community together for, for a couple of weeks. And, and to interrupt, I mean, it's probably happened in your guys' division too, but the first three picks already happened in mine. In the, or maybe I don't even know what I am. The funny men <laughs> draft update, just, just, I just got, and the first three went. I'm, I'm The Rock. I'm Dwayne Johnson, and I didn't know he was a funny guy. I thought he was a <laughs> I got all, That's what confused me all, all up there. Is he a funny guy this year? I, he's in the funny guy conference. Uh, okay. we, we had a whole lot of discussion on what, what actors and actresses to use in what conferences, and, and that, that's just where he, he ended up, I guess. Okay. Uh, I thought he was a badass, and that's what had me all screwed up. Wow. You're, you're even four picks in now. That's amazing. Yeah, we're rolling right along here. So if you want, I'll update everybody. You know, at 12.02, Le'Veon Bell went 1-1. Antonio Brown, back-to-back -back stellars. you got to love that. And yeah. then Odell Beckham and Julio Jones in the top the top four. And I'm sitting there at nine. So there you have it. Looks like receivers are rolling. So that's interesting. We hear, you know, a lot of the, I guess, pre-draft coverage, we could say. A lot that I've, that I've read and listened to has talked about, obviously, the importance of quarterback with the super flex, the importance of... Uh, running backs with the point per carry, and then the tight end scoring, basically tight end premium scoring of sorts. So some projections I saw had the wide receivers kind of left out, but uh, it sounds like, Matt, in your draft, three out of the first four picks were wide receivers. Yeah, and they're great players. I mean, I get it. 
The one I don't get, though, is uh, your guy's buddy here, Zach Banner from Dynasty League Football, took Le'Veon Bell. And I understand his greatness, but, boy, he scares me this year. I, I mean, mm, he's not me even healthy yet. I, I, I was sitting there at nine going, if Bell's there, do I want him or not? So it doesn't break my heart that he's gone. Yeah, that's he scares me as well. I probably wouldn't have been taking him here. I know that yesterday Roto World put out a couple blurbs that he – they expect him to be ready uh, even yeah. by training camp, I believe I saw. But, uh, yeah, he, he really scares me as well. I, d I don't know that I would have pulled that trigger on 1.01, but there have been polls out there, and he's been, uh, he's been pretty high on the polls for who should you take at number one just because running back scoring in this really bumps them. Uh, that said, I think people are so used to drafting wide receivers that uh, – the perception is going to make wide receivers still go pretty high in this, even if uh, even if the numbers don't bear it out as well. So, Scott, we're now four minutes in. The 1.01 pick in my league has not been made yet. Is it is it too early to start pestering people on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it might be my pet peeve every year <laughs> that, that that goes on. I don't mind it if it's like six, seven, eight – hours in or whatever, or they've done it a couple times. I, I don't mind it, but people have lives. It's July. There, most, there are a lot of us on vacations, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll try to have a little patience then. We'll, we'll, get, back to, uh, <laughs> we'll get back to the SFB talk and uh, away from our drafts for, for the moment. You mentioned the playoff format, and Scott, you and I have talked a lot about this, and uh, you're probably the person in the in the industry I talk to more than anyone else. We, and we both love dynasty leagues and love creating dynasty mm -hmm. leagues. And you've talked to me about some some rules and some features in the SFB leagues that you think correlate well to dynasty leagues. So just talk about some of those things that you think could, uh, could shift to a dynasty league and, and not miss a beat. Well, first off, I, I think the scoring is almost perfect. I understand a little a little bit of tweaking to it, but uh, I love the scoring of this league. I love I love bringing uh, wide receivers back a little because they are just everything right now, as they should be. I mean, it's a passing league, uh, but I want I want there to at least be some value at the other other positions. Uh, but I think the most important thing about it that I love is superflex. I I can't even fathom being in a league anymore that's not super flex because it feels like you can wait on quarterbacks until 10, 11, 12, 13 rounds in any other league nowadays, and, and quarterbacks are so acquirable that they, they just don't feel very valuable anymore. And I, I really like that uh, having a quarterback, having like several good quarterbacks, you can actually trade quarterbacks and have value in that and get a wide receiver if you want or a running back because quarterbacks have so much more value. Yeah, I agree with you in the quarterback situation, and i got to come clean. I've never done a two-quarterback or a super flex league, and it always bothered me in fantasy that because it's so far from reality, the quarterbacks don't matter. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the most important position in any sport. Mm -hmm. so how does your NFL team do in your quarterback's week? So uh, I, I like this format a lot. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I feel like the people that get a taste of this, too, that haven't played are, are going to really – start to want that in their leagues. I, I feel like two quarterback and super flex is something that's really uh, really starting to make headway in the industry. Yeah, we just actually finished up our July DLF mock drafts, and you know to see guys like Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, 
you know, those guys are falling to the 16th, 17th, 18th round of startup drafts. And, you know, late round quarterback is not even a strategy anymore. It's just, you know, it's just the norm. I think that goes to your point, Scott, that, you know, super flex or, or even two quarterback leagues really should be, you know, the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. They, they really should be. I, 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 I think it's kind of like, uh, and I started playing in 92, so I, I remember all these adjustments, but I think it's one of those adjustments that just needs to come along like, like PPR did in the mid-2000s, like in the mid to late 90s when we started doing 100 and 300-yard bonuses. Uh, I think it's just one of those things that it's going to have to be the new thing that, that moves the industry forward. Well, let's get back to our, our specific drafts for just a moment. Scott, you have the 1.06 pick. So between the three of us, you have the earliest pick. Maybe mm-hmm. your pick will come on the clock here in just a few minutes. Go ahead and just give us your target. This this will be released probably uh, later tonight. You'll have plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of time to make your pick before then. So so go ahead and give away your secrets at 1.06. Who are you thinking about, or who are you targeting? I'm going to tweet this out right now. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'll be I'll be sniped by the two people I'm waiting on in between me. Um, I'm really looking running back. Uh, the scoring justifies it. The the half point per carry justifies or the quarter point per carry justifies it. And Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. are already gone. Uh, I know that I could go for Julio Jones or or Hopkins or AJ Green, who I think could be the number one wide receiver this year. They're just he's going to get a, like 500 targets. <laughs> okay, maybe like 175, but he's going to get a lot of targets. Um, but no, I want I want a running back in this format because I fe- in the first round because I feel around the corner we're going to see possibly a Cam Newton go, possibly a Russell Wilson go, uh, maybe even an Aaron Rodgers or a Luck before my next pick. I I don't know that all of those will go, but I feel like it's going to push a really 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 good wide receiver to my second round pick. So I'm not afraid to miss out on a wide receiver in the first in this. I I'm going to feel very happy getting. Getting uh, uh, Todd Gurley or uh, David Johnson or an Ezekiel Elliott, one of those guys. Yeah, you, you kind of beat me to that, and I guess this is where it comes down to which players would you take? Because I would rather be picking one six than one nine. You know, I looked at it like I don't know about Bell. I said that earlier, but hey, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's got a chance to be awesome. I'd take Gurley in a heartbeat. If I was picking one one, I think I'd have taken Gurley. And I would take Elliott, too. At 1-9, if those three are gone, I don't know that I could go David Johnson or Peterson. I mean, what do you two think about who the next guy is if those are your top three? Or maybe even Elliott's not in your top three. Uh, I, th- I think Elliott is probably in my top three in this format just because I think his touches are going to – because you get you basically get points for touches yeah. in any way you get them in this league. Quarter point per carry, half point PPR. I just think he's going he's gonna to be a touch machine that in this format, uh, he might be my number two, honestly. I think Gurley's my number one in this format. I think mm-hmm. Zeke might even be my number two. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's really tough. If Lev Bell, if you could tell me Lev Bell was going to be a hundred percent healthy, uh, he'd be my number one overall in this format, I think. But I'm just I'm just scared there. But who's your four? I mean, to me, that's the biggest question. Is it David Johnson? Is it Peterson? <sighs> Peterson is really is really 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 tempting. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm probably a little more scared of David Johnson than most. I don't think he runs between the tackles as well as. Uh, most starting running backs should, but uh, 
that's that might be something he's got the size to to learn how to do that and actually actually be actually do that better this year. Uh, it might be Peterson. I, a, a little bit of a little bit of Vikings homerism might might shine nice. through on a pick like that. <laughs> right. And we I, haven't talked to Vikings very much, but man, they they really went out and reinforced that offensive line, and they're getting mm-hmm. a lot of guys back from injury. It was really bad last year. We yeah. know what Peterson's going to do. I mean, he's going to get the ball a ton. He's not going to catch it very much, but I also think his tape last year was the first time in his career that I said, boy, he's maybe 95% of what he once was. You know, that he's not, I think he actually took a step back in terms of age might be getting to him just a little. Yeah, I think Peterson is great in this format, like Scott said. I do think David Johnson, you know, when we look at the at the end of this draft and we've got 40 drafts worth of, of data and ADP, I think David Johnson probably ends up as the fourth running back. I've also seen some talk of Lamar Miller being, you know, a first-round target of some guys. So, um, you know, I think we have a clear top three tier that we already mentioned, and then I think that second tier is Johnson, Peterson, Miller, and, and maybe Devontae Freeman in there as well. Hey, Ryan, do you happen to know where the best place to get your epic geek gamer and pop culture gear is? Uh, I'm not sure. Do you know, Matt? I do, and I've really started to get familiar with these guys, our friends over at Loot Crate. And if they go to lootcrate.com slash dynastyblueprint and type in dynastyblueprint as a password, for generally it's less than 20 bucks a month, and they send you an officially licensed box of geekdom. But with our promo code, you save 3 bucks a month. I mean, how can you not do that? That's awesome. I've been in touch with these guys. I've been fiddling around on their website. I think I'm going to sign up just for the heck of it and see what happens. My son will like the gaming stuff, and maybe they'll send some cool Star Wars stuff my way. Yeah, definitely check out our friends over at Loot Crate. They do a great job, and, and we appreciate their support. Absolutely. I definitely have no shame, and I will not apologize for talking about a redraft league here on the Dynasty Blueprint. <laughs> that is, especially this time of year, that's what Scott is known for. But I know him more for his creation, not of the Scott Fishbowl, but of Devi Leagues. So years and years ago, and, and I'm going to let Scott tell the story more specifically, but years and years ago, Scott came up with the idea of drafting college players on his NFL Dynasty team. And, and that became known as Devi Leagues. And, and Scott, I think as far as we can find out, you're the creator of Devi Leagues. You're, you were the first person to think of that as far as we know. Is that is that correct? Well, <laughs> I will say that I like to say I'm one of the originators. I started playing Devi Leagues in 1999. I actually called them College Farm System Leagues at the time. And uh, when I started writing in the industry in the early 2000s, 2003, I believe, um, I started... I started, you know, talking about these leagues, pushing these leagues, and and I don't, I probably didn't even learn the term Devi existed until 2007 or eight, probably. Uh, but yeah, it's it it came about from a friend of mine, Corey and I, we Corey Brender and I, we we wanted to, I don't know, maybe we just wanted more, and and maybe we're just, I'm just a little mad scientist when it comes to my my leagues, but uh, we wanted a way to get these college players that we were watching. Uh, on our big teams earlier, we wanted to have the rights to them earlier, and and that's basically that's basically about how how it started for us anyway. Uh, that league's no longer around, around, but I do have Devi leagues that have that are still going back eleven years or so. You two probably know this better than I do, and obviously the dynasty 
community seems to be multiplying at a rapid rate. But how about the the Debbie group? Is that is that getting more and more popular as well? It see it seems more vocal. If it, I I don't know. It seems bigger. It seems bigger to me, and it's definitely. There are much, many more analysts, Debbie analysts, than there ever were. I mean, even five years ago, I mean, I know there was me and Ryan and maybe a few others talking Debbie, but as far as the on the analyst side, man, that has exploded. Yeah, I think it's definitely growing. Scott and I have have done our part in creating some some Debbie leagues that uh, people seem to enjoy taking part in. I think it's you know, I, I think it really adds to the dynasty football experience. I, I love watching college football like most of us do and just being able to, you know, to cheer for those players that you already have on your roster, to be able to watch the NFL draft and, you know, cheer for that player that you own to land in a great spot or to be a first round draft pick. It it just adds a little a little something to the dynasty game. So, I love it. Thank you Scott for coming up with that idea. Uh, it's like you said, it's kind of a simple idea, but it has, um, you know, it's had widespread ramifications and, and has added so much to to this hobby. I know a lot of our listeners don't play Debbie, so just a quick question to you guys. Everyone took more or less. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was the first pick in every rookie draft this year, and I know Laquan, Laquan Treadwell was also highly, highly regarded before this draft. You know, through his college career. So I would imagine. Um, just my hunch, those were the two top bevy guys from this draft going back. Well, how long ago did you put those two on your rosters, and what did it cost you then? So you've been hanging on to them for X amount of years before you actually get them in NFL uniform. Uh, Treadwell came out of high school, a five-star recruit. Right. And right. He, was, he was on everyone's. Uh, he was probably the 101 in both. Um, Treadwell... Uh, Elliot, he was a second to third round pick, if I'm remembering correctly, Ryan. I remember that he was ranked about the 20s, uh, right around 20th coming out of high school, something like that, Ryan. Is that about right? Yeah, I think so. So Elliot was a highly regarded recruit, but not yeah. not a five-star guy. Um, he had, if I'm remembering correctly, a solid uh, freshman year, but not not outstanding. And then it was his sophomore year where he really, you know, kind of gained stardom. So, Matt, going back to your question, it, it really just depends on the the league format and the league rules. So, for example, some leagues require the Devi player to be uh, draft eligible. I'm in one of those leagues, and guys like Leonard Fournette, Juju Smith, those those guys that we've talked about so much on here, right. they have not yet been eligible until this offseason when we when we hold our draft. In other leagues, and, and I guess in the majority of Devi leagues, you can draft players as soon as they uh, you know as soon as they step on campus. So in fact oh. in some some Devi drafts that we held uh, earlier this spring, we were drafting guys that technically had not graduated high school yet. They're they're wow. incoming incoming college freshmen, but we, we held our draft in February and March, so so those kids were still in high school, and we're taking a shot on them, which, you know, kind of seems a little bit crazy, but again... A little it's, bonkers. <laughs> it's, a, it's part of the fun. I, I mean, did look at... You trade Tom Brady for the Rivals 100 top recruit is pretty bonkers. A 17-year-old kid that hasn't even gotten to campus yet, I'll give you Tom Brady for him. I would gladly do that. <laughs> yeah, there's... <laughs> Yeah, I think a couple of years ago uh, when Fournette was coming out of high school, someone asked me what I would trade for for uh, Fournette, and I said uh, Frank Gore would probably about the, be the highest. <laughs> it, 
and this was my, my, you know, this was three years ago. I looked it up while we were talking. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott went 205 and 206 in two of my leagues. Okay. So, you know, mid-second round pick. Todd Gurley just went fifth overall in my division. Yeah, he's he's a guy that I went as late as you know round six in Debbie drafts uh, when because he came out. Keith Marshall, like was Keith yeah, Marshall a big exactly. guy? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Keith Marshall was a first round guy, and uh, Todd Gurley was the you know the, the second guy coming in on that list. So update us uh, quickly, Scott. Have there been any other picks in in your conference or in your uh, division? You know, I haven't checked in a second. I, I was. Uh, making a pick for someone on the 101, but I could probably check really quick. Uh, I haven't seen anything come through. It was still just a couple picks. Uh, looks like, yeah, you said Todd Gurley went in yours, Matt. Yeah, he went fifth, and I would have taken him first, I think. Yeah, so we're we're up to Brown, Beckham, Lebel, Todd Gurley in mine, and I'm two picks away. So right. I have we're, three picks until I'm up. And looks, I mean, looks like I'm Elliot or Peterson here. Yep, Elliot Peterson and I guess David Johnson are the three I have to consider here, probably in that order. I know that uh, I know that some people were taking. I know that David Johnson I did see go number one overall in one. Did of really? Yeah. That offense could be very good. I mean, I sort of yeah. get it. I just don't know yeah. that he's a great football player yet. Yep that 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 that's probably the same right same thing I was thinking about. That I'm I'm just. I don't love his all-around, like I said, between the tackles. I'm not sure it's there yet. So as I said earlier, Scott, uh, you and I both love coming up with these these crazy leagues and, and new challenging types of dynasty leagues. Other than Devies in general, the, the use of those, what are some favorite dynasty league rules or, or formats that you've come up with or that you've taken part in? Oh, so many. <laughs> um well, as far as dynasty, uh, I think the the one I'm most proud of recently is a is a league called Capitalist Pigs, where it's an auction league. Every draft is auction, and uh, the money rolls over. It ro- all the money rolls over for free agency, for auctions, for everything. It rolls over year to year. So let's say you walk into this this year's rookie draft and you don't want anyone. You're just like, I know Elliot's going to be too much. I'm not in love with anyone else. Take that money, take it home, save it for 2017. That's that's something I, I love in this league. And you get stipends at, at various points of the year. You get extra money. And another part about that league is we allow gambling on anything. There are people betting on how they do an SFB. There are people betting on the NBA playoffs using the using their capitalist pigs money to to bet on that kind of stuff. So it, it merges gambling and dynasty. Uh, it, I really, really love that league. It's it's crazy active. Yeah, I'm kicking myself for uh, for not accepting the invitation to that league. It's it's uh, it sounds like a an all time great league that uh, I know you guys are just getting started with. Yeah, it's. It it has been a lot of fun. I I haven't created a brand new league in several years, but that one was too much to pass up on. That idea, anyway. <laughs> um, well, we're we're nearing the end here of our show. We're hoping that you get to pick Scott before we we wrap it up. But I want you to talk a little bit about some of the other work you do in the industry, specifically with your your work with Fantasy Cares and the Toys for Tots uh, charity. Sure. Jeff Miller, uh, a few years ago in Las Vegas, started up a Toys for Tots 
drive, and he got people at work to start doing it. And he brought it to DLF a couple years ago. And it's just it's something that I, I wanted to be able to get fantasy more involved in charity for years and just never really made the push to do it. And when I saw Jeff doing that, it I asked if I could help out the next year. And his life got really busy and it ended up I, I did I pretty much took it over last year and this year I'd pretty much just running running it. I created fantasycares.net, which is a place where you can donate the donate money for that drive. We wanted to raise two thousand bucks this year. And we raised two thousand right away. And then I changed it to three thousand. We raised we're over three thousand already. Um, it is. I, I post pictures of all the toys I buy for the kids. Wow. Uh, it's it, people. People are just so amazing in this industry to donate even a little bit. And uh, if you do donate, I have created a bunch of best ball leagues with unique scoring, unique uh, unique features. Like like Capitalist Pigs has two copies of every player. There are two Od- Odell Beckham Juniors, two Antonio Browns, so you can, and you can trade those between any teams. Uh, I made one of those for this. I made, uh, I made leagues like King of the Hill, which is a ladder league I have. I, I made a bunch of leagues that you can try out in best ball format uh, if you donate. And there are prizes and uh, potential 2017 SFB spots. I think you need to quit your day job and just do this all the time and, and turn it into like I mean 480 is a small number I mean you could triple that in no time <laughs> based on the signups <laughs> I, I probably could have man uh, I would I would I would really enjoy doing this full time I'm not sure my wife would enjoy me doing this full time but uh, I have a three year old I could maybe talk her into being a stay at home dad and uh, <laughs> working on this very cool. Well, Scott, as as we wrap up today, um, you know, we do have 480 teams in the SFB this year, but we know you had to turn uh, turn away quite a few. So for our listeners, for those folks who did not uh, get an invitation to the SFB this year, talk a little bit about how they can maybe get a spot next season in 2017. Okay, so basically the first thing you have to do is sign up at scottfishbowl.com. That is... Man, I, I, I still don't love that name, but SFB just rolls off the tongue so easily, and Twitter made the name up for me. So um, <laughs> go to scottfishbowl.com. There's a sign-up form there. I think we already have 700-some people signed up for next year, so it's I'm, I may have to increase the league, but my time limit doesn't seem to allow that. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that's that's really all you do. And, and just one more plug. Go to fantasycares.net. Just take a look. Um, I got some leagues you can play in. Um, it, it is a really, really good deal. Every every penny goes to buying toys. That's right. All right. Well, again, we want to thank Scott for joining us. Uh, not only just just being here with us, but especially being here on the first day of the Scott Fish Bowl and actually during the time that it kicks off. We, yeah. we really appreciate that, Scott. No, it's it morning and we got you. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, really, it's really, really fun. It's a show I've really wanted to do, so it, it was good to be on. We'll have All you right. back for sure. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime, Great. and uh, we'll be back with more next week. <laughs>